Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. We are in the final week of Advent leading up to our Christmas services. Advent coming from the Latin word Adventus, which means the arrival. And Christmas is the time in which we remember the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this arrival was prophesied 700 years before it came to pass by a prophet called Isaiah in the Old Testament. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we read of his prophecy where he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace." prophesied 700 years. This is like real life, documented history, and we're watching it play out in real time. So we have this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace in Jesus who brings us hope, love, joy, and peace. And these are the 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 focuses we've given each week as part of the Advent preparation for celebrating the arrival of our King. Today, I want to look specifically at the last of our Advent focuses, which is joy. And I want to begin by asking you to reflect on this question. In this very weird year, where were you most joyful? Or when were you most joyful? In this year of a lot of turmoil, when were you most joyful? You can just answer that in your own head. Or what happened to you over the last period of time in your life that filled you with joy? Think about that. Some of you are like, oh, I got the new car, or I got the raise and the job I wanted. You're all thinking about something. Now, the dictionary defines joy as the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. And this understanding therefore states that joy is a byproduct of good or satisfying circumstances. Think about it. For most of us, the answer to the question I asked about joy was probably connected to something good that happened in your life just like the dictionary defines it. Most of you answer that saying, well, yeah, well, I was joyful when he proposed to me. It was like, oh, or yeah, I had so much joy when my family came down from Joburg. For most of us, our experience of joy would be equated to that of the dictionary's definition. But that then gets us conflicted and confused when we read the scripture verse in the book of Hebrews 12 verse 2, When Paul writes about Jesus, and he includes the word joy in a very strange circumstance, he says, for the joy set before him, that's Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Surely if joy was caused by something exceptionally good and satisfying, as described in the dictionary, it would rather, it would be after him being seated at the right hand of God in victory, and not before he was about to suffer as a victim to the crucifixion and the cross. 
But Jesus displayed joy in the midst of his struggles because there was joy set before him in the midst of the suffering. In fact, it was joy set before Jesus that allowed him to endure the suffering instead of it being a byproduct of his escape from the situation. See, Jesus intentionally set at the forefront of his vision a joy. And the phrase set before in the original Greek describes to lie before the view. What we align before our view in life is called vision. So what vision was Jesus setting before himself in the situation of suffering? His vision was being seated at the right hand of God as our Savior. I'm suffering now, but I've set a joy before me, a vision before me. Being at the right hand of God as the Savior. Romans 5 verse 8 describes this when it says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's busy giving his life to death by setting before himself a joy that allows him not to escape it, but endure it. Jesus' endurance in the face of death was because he had a vision beyond his suffering, and that vision was you and me. Sinners needing salvation. A few years ago, I was, uh, quite a few years ago now, I was at a friend, a former friend, and um, uh, I was drinking coffee in his lounge, and my youngest son was playing outside near the pool, and the next thing I heard a splash, um, and from the lounge window, I saw my son had fallen into the pool. He was unable to swim and sinking with the weight of all his clothes on, and in that moment, I dropped the coffee. I ran toward him with my iPhone in my pocket, a brand new pair of Nike Air Max on my feet that I had just purchased, and, and I... And, 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 with all my clothes and my phone, I had a vision set before me, and that vision was my son, meaning the damage and loss to other things was replaced by my focus on him, just like Jesus' vision of you became the joy that allowed him to endure the cross and pay the price for our salvation. And if the joy, if the joy Jesus embraced in suffering was a vision of you, then your joy is embraced in a vision of Him. If the joy embraced in suffering, if the joy Jesus embraced in suffering was a vision of you, then your joy is embraced in a vision of Him before you. Your joy rests on God's joy. You see, we experience true joy not when we pursue happiness, but when we pursue Him. And that's why Paul writes in Philippians 4 verse 4 that we can rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, but I'm going through a, a difficult time of struggle. Well, don't worry about that. Still rejoice in your Savior. Set before you a vision of your Savior in the suffering, and then rejoice in the Lord always. See, we need to choose to set a vision of Jesus before us in every situation. 
Jesus displayed joy in the midst of his struggles that allowed him to endure the suffering instead of joy being a byproduct of his escape from the situation. And that's why Nehemiah 8 verse 10 in the Old Testament records Nehemiah's word when he says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy isn't a byproduct of getting what you want and being happy. It actually is the strength that allows you to endure the suffering. The strength to endure our struggles comes from a vision of our risen Savior set before us in the midst of the storm. It's not a byproduct of escaping it. Rick Warren, the well-known author and pastor, describes joy as the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. It's the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. In the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 25, Luke um, documents a moment in history where, where the disciples are in a storm in a boat on a lake. And it says, on the day he and his disciples got in a boat, uh, it says, one day he and his disciples got in a boat. Let's cross the lake, Jesus said. And off they went. It was smooth sailing and he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. A terrific storm came up suddenly on the lake. Water poured in, and they were about to capsize. They woke Jesus, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Getting to his feet, he told the wind, silence, and the waves quiet down. They did it. The lake became smooth as glass. Then he said to his disciples, why can't you trust me? After the storm was calmed, I can imagine the disciples being filled with joy as a byproduct of escaping suffering. Woohoo! Like the dictionary defines. Perhaps they were even saying, Thank God we woke Jesus up or we wouldn't be alive. Woohoo! I'm filled with joy, bro. We're like, we're okay, we're gonna make it. But, but in the midst of their joy, Jesus seems to dampen the mood by suddenly saying, why can't you trust me? I'm confused, God. Like, I did. I trusted you to, I woke you up and trusted you to fix the storm, and now I'm full of joy. And here, here in their joy, because they escaped the storm, Jesus says, why didn't you trust me? See, Jesus wanted the disciples to understand that our joy is not a byproduct of escaping life's struggles but knowing who's in the boat with us during the storm. It wasn't about escaping the storm, but trusting your Savior in the midst of the struggle. Because you set me before you. It wasn't about trusting a change of weather conditions outside the boat. It was about trusting Jesus in the boat. That's why he said, why can't you trust me? Jesus wanted them to understand that sometimes the storms we endure actually increase the strength of our character in preparation for the promises and ignite our hope in His salvation. As Romans 5, 2 tells us, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we 
we run into problems and trials, when we run into the storm, I want to teach you to rejoice. Not when you've escaped it, my children. So why can't you trust me? It continues in Romans 5 too. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and strengthens our confident hope in salvation. Jesus wanted the joy of his disciples to be set before them instead of needing to solve the problem. Rather than being positioned afterwards as a byproduct of their escape, he wanted their joy to be set before them in the presence of the problem. We need to understand that because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we can set our joy in Jesus before our problems are solved. Where do you in your personal life need to set the joy of the Lord before you even though your problem has not been solved? Because at the end of the day, our joy is not a byproduct of escaping life's struggles, but knowing who's in the boat with us during the storm. Would you close your eyes with me? And would you identify the storm you're struggling with right now? I want you to see yourself in the boat rocking from side to side. Maybe it's the storm of emotional turmoil over the loss of people that you've loved in your life. Maybe it's the storm of a struggling marriage. Maybe it's the storm of struggle in your finance. And I want you to see Jesus in your boat. Would you right now in the midst of your storm set your Savior before you and see Him in the storm calling you to take His hand? For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, will fear no evil for He is with me. And when Jesus is with me in the storm, he helps me experience deliverance through the storm, not necessarily from the storm. And that good shepherd that goes with us through the valley of the shadow of darkness then leads us to anointing our heads with oil and a cup that overflows in preparation of a table in the presence of our enemies. And then goodness that chases and follows us all the days of our lives. Set your joy in the middle of your struggle. Father, you know every storm and every struggle every individual's going through in this place and online. You can count the hairs on each one of our heads with a sovereignty and a might that exceeds human understanding. And in that intimate personal sovereignty over each of our lives, I pray, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, that you would come and intervene. You would reveal yourself in our boats as we struggle through the storms. 
And that God, by your mighty hand, you would calm and lead us to still waters and peaceful places of provision and healing and protection. So today, Lord, we choose to set before our struggles our Savior. We trust you for a supernatural deliverance through the storm.